Do you consider yourself a high achiever? Smart, driven, highly successful? I am so excited to have you. My name is Julia Arndt and I'm the host of the Stress Podcast. I will help you develop your stress resilience the same way you've developed your workplace superpowers. Learn peak performance tools to thrive at work and in your personal life. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first podcast episode. Well, actually, to the first podcast interview of 2023. I'm super, super excited to welcome our first guest, and it's Laura Larius. How are you today, Laura? Oh, I'm so, I'm so good. Thank you, Julia. It's nice to be here. Yes, I'm really excited to have you again. So for those of you that remember, we actually already had Laura on the podcast in April of 2022. And we talked about the stored stress response and your nervous system, which was a super insightful podcast episode. And I actually just listened to it again as preparation for our podcast today in order to uh, yeah just be rem reminded of what we talked about. And so for those of you that are... I'm curious about that one. Make sure to check it out. I already prepared all of the descriptions and the link will be in the show notes today. Um, but I think we should still start from the beginning again, Laura, and maybe just do a quick intro to who you are and what you're working on in order to give people a little bit of a glimpse of the amazing work that you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so good to be back here again and, and speaking with our, your audience and you. So I work with uh, ultra ambitious leaders, primarily entrepreneurs, founders, senior executives who want to make an impact with their work and they, they want to leave a legacy, but they don't want to do so with burning out. So a lot of the executives and founders or entrepreneurs that I work with are very high performing, high achieving individuals. Um, who want, I said, leave a legacy, but they're also burning out. So that's where I come in and help them so that they either prevent the burnout or help them to recover from the burnout that maybe they're already experiencing. And I do this through working with their nervous system, increasing their HRV, which we'll dive into today, um, and really helping them to harness their mental powers and lead for more of their highest potential without sacrificing their personal life and their health. Mm, amazing. And a quick question popped up in that regard, Laura, yeah. the people that you work with, do you feel like you have more people that are actually coming and proactively working on not um, burning out? Or do you have more people that have burned out or experienced burnout and are now more reactively looking for ways to get better? Yeah, that's a really great question. I would say the majority are in burnout. They're, they're recognizing, I, I think, because of the last couple of years, like the burnout numbers were already very high mm -hmm. uh, pre-COVID, the pandemic. And now the numbers are just even higher um, after the last two, three, oh gosh, now we're going on three years uh, that people are like really realizing that, yeah, I actually have symptoms of burnout and I need to, you know, I want to work on this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I, I can I can relate to that <laughs> the, the demographic and profile. Cool. Mm -hmm. And and so as you know, I also always start the podcast with three questions around just, you know, picking up where you're at. So mm -hmm. tell us um where you're located today, what time it is, and what you did this morning before we hopped on the podcast interview. Yeah, I love this question. So I'm in San Francisco, California. It's about 11, 11 here in the morning, uh, Pacific Standard Time. And 
Yeah, you know, I I woke up this morning and it was really cold and actually kind of rainy out. Uh, so I definitely was first thing I wanted to do was get warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I made myself a cup of tea. I took my HRV score using an app that I use. It takes only like less than a minute, and I actually got a maintain day today. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But uh, so I know that I had like you know pretty good amount of energy in my gas tank today for the task that I wanted to do, which was not a lot because we're just getting back from the holiday. So mm-hmm. very cool. All right. Yes. So let's jump into all things HRV. Um, can you tell us and maybe define what HRV stands for and what it is? Yeah, great question. So HRV is heart rate variability. So oftentimes we we know about like heartbeats, right? Like how like your heart beats, like the number of beats per minute, but the heart rate variability is actually the variations in between those heartbeats. And what that is, is that so when you're measuring your HRV, you're essentially measuring your nervous system. You're measuring how much stress or how much fuel or energy is uh, available to you at any given moment based on the variations in between those heartbeats. Mm-hmm. And so when your HRV is high, mm-hmm. can you tell us more about like the kind of that range of like when it's high or when it's low, what does that mean yeah. in terms of your um, almost like resilience, right? Your resilience yes. to stress for that day. Yeah, great question. So higher HRV has been correlated with, strongly associated with resilience, like you said, physical health, resiliency, mental performance, mental health, physical performance. So also your ability to make decisions and problem solve under pressure, uh, how you were, how quickly you respond and how appropriate, quickly and appropriately you respond to sudden changes in your environment. So when you have a higher HRV, essentially you have a, a bigger range of resilience mentally, emotionally, and physically to be able to not, n- not to respond appropriately to stress and also to recover quickly from stress, which obviously this is what, when you have a higher HRV, then you're less likely to then go into cycles of burnout because you have more of that resiliency. So when your your HRV is lower, this is when we start to see issues with like immune system. Maybe you're getting sick a lot. You don't have a lot of energy. You're, you're exhibiting more symptoms of burnout, such as foggy thinking or, um, you know, inability to concentrate for long periods of time, like procrastination and uh, having difficulty making certain decisions, being very impulsive, you know, impulsive in ways that aren't very beneficial to you. So, yeah. <laughs> so interesting. And so how can we influence our HRV? Yeah, so there's a lot of things, which is really great with what's coming out now with all the technology we have. Because before to measure your HRV, you actually need like a special machine. You had to go into your doctor's office. They had to measure it for you. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was definitely something that wasn't as accessible to us. Now, obviously, we have these you know, watches. We have the, the Aura Rings. We have a, an app that I'll be talking about in a moment that also can measure your HRV, um, which is great. So we have this information and can give us a score daily if we want or even multiple times a day to kind of check in and see where's my HRV. And it does, it does vary depending on what you've, have you eaten today? You know, what time, you know, what time of day is it? How much sleep you got? Uh, how much did you push yourself or you push your body the day before when you were feeling a little bit tired, but you pushed through anyway, you know, all those kind of things have an effect. So, um, so sleep has an effect on your HRV um, scores. If you're not sleeping well, that is going to drop your HRV because you're not you know, properly recovering at night. Sleep is when your brain and your body are getting that recovery time um, and say, and also detoxing as well. And also alcohol has an effect. Um, it's not that you can't drink, but there's definitely probably 
times where it's better for your body to intake that alcohol than other times because alcohol does affect your HRV. Um, and same, of course, like with uh, chronic stress is going to affect your, your HRV. Mm -hmm. And how do you find are those apps and those, you know, fitness gadgets, um, like, how do they ref like, are they like pretty accurately reflecting, um, how you feel, or do you feel like there's still some improvement to the week? Then the reason why I'm asking this question is, is I did have a smart watch. Um, I used it for a couple of months last year. Um, and I found it really interesting because I was kind of super curious about my sleep scores at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did feel after, you know, using it for a couple of weeks that sometimes I didn't really feel like it was accurate. So I felt like I would wake up in the morning and I would see maybe a score and I wasn't really, you know, and I would maybe feel like, oh, I actually had a really good night of sleep, but then the watch would show me differently or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, so I I think it's after a while, I was thinking to myself, how accurate is this actually? And, you know, um, Yeah. Is, are there still like, do I take this information with a grain of salt or is it actually pretty accurate? Do you know anything about that? Um, so the sleep ones, I can't, I can't verify. I mean, I know that because depending on, there's so many out mm -hmm. there and I don't know, you know, I know a little bit about how they're measuring in terms of the HRV. Um, I find it pretty accurate. It maybe, and this is the thing I see it more as a tool in the beginning, because for a lot of us, we're just so busy. We're doing, we're in doing mode a lot of the time. So sometimes we're not very mentally, we're very much in our head or maybe not always as connected to what is actually going on physically in our body. And so the starting to begin to measure your HRV, let's say over a month's time where you can begin to see trends of like, uh, we you know when stress was high at work and then your HRV may have dropped a little bit because you were under a lot of stress, you were pushing harder than maybe the previous week or something like that. So you can start to see trends and correlations, which can be helpful for you. It's, it's gathering that information, but it's also helping you to kind of see, like, for example, the app that I use, there's like three main uh, results it gives you. Like you're either in a push day, a maintain day or a recovery day. And the signs I get from my clients will say like, well, I got a recovery, but I actually feel like I have a lot of energy today. So sometimes they feel that conflict sort of information that the app is is giving them and i think again yeah there's an element to first of all recovery doesn't necessarily mean you have to do nothing and just like slow down and like lay down all day it doesn't mean you're sick it just means that you may have a little bit less fuel let's say in your gas tank so maybe that's the day you don't maybe have alcohol maybe that's the day you get to bed a little bit earlier maybe that's the day you don't have a really intense if you can maybe you move that meeting to the following day where you have to have a really intense conversation with somebody so it's just that kind of information and it's also helping you to kind of track like you begin to feel the correlations starting to happen in your body so you're like oh i got a recovery day and i did notice that by 3 p.m my energy kind of really dropped. I might have started out kind of peak energy in the morning. And then by the end of the day, I was actually pretty tired. Um, things like that. And you can start to feel those correlations. Mm -hmm. And so the app that you're using, is that one connected some to some kind of fitness device or is it just an app? Yeah, no, it's just an app. It was just great. Okay. There's no external device. It's called Source, S-O-R-C-E. And um, it just, it takes your, your, you just use your finger and you put it on the back of your camera on your phone mm -hmm. and in 55 seconds, it, it gives you a, what your HRV score is. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It's pretty cool. They're being, it's being used in several big companies right now, um, to help with, with burnout and, and be able to also again, give that trackable quantifiable data to the, to the teams and also to the individuals around 
where their HRV is and how it's being impacted. Mm -hmm. And um, do you know what happens when it just kind of reads it from the finger? Does it just kind of take the heart rate or like how can it already know without even having previous data to track like what the HRV is of the day? Right. So, I mean, you know, generally it's recommending when using the app, you want to use it for about a week so you can get that baseline going. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, but it's measuring, you know, it's, um, I forget exactly how the whole technology works with the, the camera, but it's like, you know, your the blood flow in your, in your finger. So it's like in measuring those in between those, those heartbeat variations, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. So it's tracking that. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Very I know. Cool. Okay. <laughs> how long have you used that? Oh, it's going on about a year now. I've been okay. using it. Yeah. And it's been helpful for myself, but also, like I said, for my clients who really like to be able to see some data and see the changes. Cause I use it more as a, that is data. It's like, okay, because the work increasing HRV is something entirely different. So you can mm -hmm. know the score, but then now what do I do to like improve the score? Right. And there are some suggestions in the app as well. They have coaches and people in there that give you tips for the day, depending on your score essentially. But if you want more customized work, that's what I do with my clients, right? Customize it to their specific nervous system and their specific um, stress that they have going on in their life. Um, and we work on giving them certain exercises that then help to increase that HRV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. So cool. And um, I, I want to actually take a look at my notes here because I know I wrote down a couple of other questions. Um, so, you know, obviously we talked a little bit you know, I think we can already imagine how it impacts performance, but I do want to just spend a little bit of time to really like highlight it, right? Like, so yeah. how does HRV impact performance or how can we know, you know, how can we use that information in order to really help us be the best self and the most ambitious and performing self? <laughs> yeah. So um, I think we can use it as a way, first of all, like I said, like with, like, I'm getting, I'm going to mention the specific app that I use. You might be using something entirely different where it's mm -hmm. just giving you a score and, you know, you're kind of tracking it from that perspective, but it's, it's really, again, like helping you to begin to understand how much fuel is in your gas tank. So for a lot of high performers, they tend to, they like, they, they tend to go at a higher speed. They, they, they just, they go a little bit faster, right? Their nervous systems work in a little bit more in that hyper, what they call the hyper arousal, which is more of that like high mobilization energy. We need that mobilization energy, like right now me speaking to you i need mobilization energy to do that so again we we need some of that the issue becomes a lot of the people i work with is that there's too much of that mobilization energy there mm -hmm. there it's not um it's like if you're driving a car and you're going 100 miles an hour you're just whisking by everything you can't even like see the trees or like where you are and mm -hmm. so with with the hrv and tracking it and working with it you're essentially helping to um maintain the right level of speed for your body so you don't burn out you don't burn out the engine or the car essentially right mm -hmm. so you you're not stopping you're just applying maybe a little bit of brake or you're you're getting your foot off the gas pedal a little bit so there's just the appropriate amount amount of mobilization energy coming in mm -hmm. yeah so interesting and obviously once you're maintaining your energy mm -hmm. you're able to sustain that performance over time and not burn out right because you are yes. you know listening better to your body so do you um you said you know you could obviously hold your finger to that app and to the mm -hmm. camera multiple times a day do you actually do it multiple times a day or do you like when you feel higher stress you do it or 
Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, In the beginning, I was doing it kind of multiple times. I was just because I was experimenting. It was like, okay, if I do this before breakfast, before I eat something, what's my score when I first wake up? And then like, do I see an improvement in that after I've eaten something or um, when I started working or and or right when I had a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. with someone like what what does that score look like now? And that's my clients like to see that too. Like they kind of get curious, like what 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 kind of changes you don't have to be like obsessive about it. But it is interesting to kind of see how your body's responding in different situations and in different with different variables yeah mm-hmm. so cool and so um how do you work with your clients on that do you use it as like a common practice that all of your clients actually measure their hrv or is it just for those that are kind of curious about it um you know i generally like to have them all start with that you know just mm-hmm. to kind of begin to see like where is your hrv right now and then also because that number we each also are unique right mm-hmm. so what might be the best hrv score for one individual might be a little bit different for someone else and so we all i always say that as well um and also again to kind of give them a way to be able to track like especially women too we have cycles so that impacts our hrv so you know different things like that as well to kind of begin to understand like how it's impacting your energy or your performance so in general i like to have them do it if if, most of them are curious most of them are interested in it and and want to even see some of that data because it's helpful for them um and then we kind of i work on so once we have the here we have the app but now like what do we do to actually increase the the score or like how do we work with that and that's going to vary a little bit by person to person but generally when i'm working with individuals who are more of these like high achiever peak performer type types um they're like i said more of that mobilization energy and so for a lot of these types they've actually been given more um advice around like meditating or trying to really slow down when really that's the the second step the first step is they have to work with that mobilizing energy mm-hmm. and then we can bring it down does that make sense so yeah. like for a lot of these individuals when they try to do meditation it's been really a struggle for them um, because their, their system is so kind of amped up. It's like really trying to like slam on the brakes of your car when you've been going really fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe they get there eventually, but it takes a lot of time. And sometimes it can be very frustrating and, or they don't have the time during the day to be meditating. They're in, they're in meetings, they're, you know, they're in high stakes negotiations, they're meeting with clients They you know, they're not taking that time to step away and meditate majority. Uh, so that's why they like this work that I do with me as well, because a lot of what I do with them and what I show them is like simple things only take a couple of minutes to do throughout their day that have an impact on their HRV and their, their stress resiliency and their nervous system. Yeah. I'm really glad that you're mentioning this, that we are actually in this mobile energy. And so mm-hmm. we are actually, it's going to be so much harder for us to all of a sudden just slam yeah. on the brakes and like take a deep breath. Um, yeah. Can you give maybe one or two specific examples of what people that are listening and that can very much relate to this right now? <laughs> um, Yeah, that, that people that are listening can do in order to maybe use that energy in a yeah. positive way and then kind of still kind of slow down the nervous system as well? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So one of them is actually, um, this is an exercise. I think yeah, we have a video here, so will be able to watch too, but you're going to cross your arms over, you know, each of your arms, almost like kind of like a, you're giving yourself a little bit of a hug here mm-hmm. and you can either go all the way up to the top of the shoulders, or you can just kind of wrap them here on the arms. And what you're going to do is you're just going to alternate hands here on each of your arms and you're going to tap on each one. And you're going to do this for 
for about a minute or two. Sometimes people like to set a timer so their brain can see how long I'm going to be doing this exercise because sometimes that's helpful too. And you have so much going on in your life. Your brain's always trying to conserve energy. So it wants to know how much energy are you to expend for this? So if yeah. it goes one to two minutes, I got one to two minutes. I can do that. So mm-hmm. we're going to just like tap back and forth. And there's a second piece you can add to this. Not everybody likes this piece. That's why I always leave it optional, but you're then going to, then you could look to the right with your eyes and then look to the left. And while you're still alternating your, your hands. So you're just going to alternate your eyes back and forth. So this is two things. You're doing a bilateral stimulation of the brain here. So you are balancing the brain, the right and left hemisphere through this alternating of tapping. You're also working with a little bit of that mobilizing energy. You're doing something versus trying to just sit still and be with everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also the eye exercise, if you, if, if that feels comfortable for you, because some people like it, some people don't like it. That's why I leave it as an option, but the eye exercise is also engaging the vagus nerve, which is that 10th cranial nerve, which is uh, adding a little bit of break to the mobilizing energy, but not too much. It's like just the right amount. And so for a lot of my clients, what's happened over time is our nervous, their nervous system, because they're more of that mobilizing energy. They, the body eventually does when the want in the brain wants to slow down, but it's using then shutdown to slow down, which is a much harder break. And that's not, and, and not a very reliable break. So we actually want to engage more of the vague, it's called the vagal break, which is this in, it's located between your, your heart. It's like this connection between your heart and your brain. And so it just applies like just the right amount of break for that mobilizing energy. So that's one exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, another one too, is this tongue exercise. A lot of my clients really like this one because no one can see you're even doing it. So this is really good when you're in meetings or you're trying to you know listen or pay attention to someone speaking um, and maybe you're noticing some of that mobilizing energy coming in but you're not going to go leave and meditate right so what do you, you do um so what you can do is you can actually take the tip of your tongue and place it right behind your upper front teeth and you're just going to kind of touch there mm-hmm. and then you're going to flatten the rest of your tongue to the roof of your mouth and you're just going to hold that for a few seconds and then release it and you're going to do that a couple times for like about a minute and so what you're doing is the tongue is pressing up against the roof of the mouth. There's calming cranial nerves there. So mm-hmm. your brain is actually getting a signal to like, okay, we're going to apply a little bit of break, but again, not too much break. So you still have mobilizing energy. You're still able to present and talk in the meeting and, and be present, but uh, not going quite as fast. And you're also helping them to turn on more of that prefrontal cortex, which is, you know, giving you that ability to think critically and, um, respond appropriately Hmm. wow so interesting and so when people do you tell people to just do that whenever they feel like they're in this kind of hyper aroused state and they feel maybe even anxious or Mm -hmm. um do you have a recommendation of just no matter how you feel during the day just do it once or twice or three times that's a great question. Yeah. So it, I think it, I, I would definitely recommend both. So for a lot of them, I like, you know, I, I usually have them start with like every two hours to just sort of, because most of them are kind of most of the time are actually just leading from this place without even realizing it. We've been sort of their nervous system has been conditioned for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so most time they're just in that state without even, sometimes even realizing it. So I say, okay, every two hours, just, yeah, maybe just do one of these exercises for like one to two minutes. And then just notice how you feel. It may not be a big change in the beginning. Most of my clients tell them look for that one or 2% change. So maybe right before the exercise, just check in on a scale of one to 10, how, where is my anxiety or my stress level? So 10 would be like 
super stressed out, like really anxious, racing thoughts, lots of urgency. And then one would be, you know, pretty calm, like, you know, I'm feeling pretty grounded, stabilized, you know, and then, so get that, get that baseline, do one of the exercises and then just notice, did that number change by just one or two percent? So for most of my clients, they noticed I was at a 10 or a nine and now I'm at like a seven. And that's exactly what we want because the system actually likes more subtle, slower breaking versus, like I said, all the way down to like <laughs> all the way down to one. And then done over time consistently, the system gets more rewired for that automatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you're probably where you're also just recognizing that you are anxious, right? Because a lot of yes. the people that we work with don't even have that perception, mm -hmm. right? For a very yes. long period of time until it's already kind of bad <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah and, and also because essentially the environments that they're in you know let's say uh, it's a high pressure you know corporation mm -hmm. it's just like there's a lot of that energy all around like they're they're the boss the, the team you know everybody's kind of just leading from this place and so mm -hmm. they don't even realize like you said that it's actually it, it's not all bad but it's just again it's not sustainable so it's like we have to you know think about the sustainability of our body and our brain and we're we weren't designed to live in those states for long periods of time or operate from these states. And also does it as a disservice because when we're in those states, it's harder for us, like I said, to plan, to innovate, to think creatively, to, um, you know, to, yeah, you know, all the, all the things that are helpful in, in being a leader and a peak performer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I found super interesting as I was preparing for the podcast interview today was I was reading um, an article that you mentioned on your Instagram account as well about HRV and, you know, where you were mentioned in the article as well. And, um, you know, it was saying that high performers and CEOs and also athletes are actually hiring HRV coaches in order to impact their HRV scores, which I found so interesting because I haven't, you know, I feel like HRV has been pretty new to me, probably like, you know, since we talked the first time in April of last year, I feel like that's where, you know, all of a sudden I heard it a little bit more, or I paid more attention to it because I had heard it for the first time. So now I feel like more and more people are talking about the nervous system and the HRV state and so on. Um, but yeah, so, so fascinating that people are, you know, so honed in on that score, which for me almost means it must be so powerful and so influential to change our lives when we're really paying attention to that specific number. Yeah, it is. It's highly impactful. It really is. And yeah, and you're right. There's a lot of top um, athletes that, that monitor their HRV and along with uh, top CEOs and founders as well. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing I will add to that, though, too, usually when they're working with someone like myself who works with the HRV and the nervous system, it's um, it's not just about this. Yes, it's the score, like, you know, the score, but it's also and, and of course, improving that score. But it's also really being able to, like you said, to notice some more of the subtleties mm -hmm. of where your body is. So we don't want to get so obsessed with the technology and the data that we then again, we're still kind of removed from what like relying only on an app to tell me where I'm at, <laughs> you know, eventually with this work, what you're getting is that you, you begin to kind of just notice it on your own and you start to see some of those shifts and changes in how you're thinking and responding versus needing the app to, to always tell you. 
Yeah, that's such an important point too, for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talked about a lot of different pieces now as well. Uh, maybe you listener, you're thinking now, mm, like Julia and Laura just mentioned so many different things that I don't really know what it is, like the vagus nerve or the mm. vagal nerve. We talked about um, the somatic practice um, that Laura just introduced to us, like those two different examples. Um, we talked about the nervous system and the hyperarousal state. So all of these different things are actually things that we did discuss in yes. the first podcast interview that we did together in April. So if you're curious to learn more about kind of these basics, which are super important basics, if you are learning about stress management, I highly encourage you and recommend to you to listen to that podcast. Like I mentioned as well, I did mention the um, uh, I did have the link in the show notes already. I do want to spend more time with Laura on new things, which is why we're not really getting into these things today. But um, Laura, I'm actually curious, um, you know, since we've talked the last time, right, and you're working with, you know, these high performers as well. Um, what else have has come up for you over the last like six to nine months in terms mm -hmm. of just topics and, you know, things that people need help with? What what would you say is maybe trending or is um, becoming more and more important? Yeah, great question. So lots of things, uh, honestly. So one of them being um, really focusing lately, the last six to nine months on sustainable leadership. Um, we're seeing a lot of changes right now, uh, mm -hmm. specifically in in the, in the tech world, because, um, you know, you and I are, are you know, mm -hmm. both are connected with that world. And there's a lot of shifts in, that are happening. So, you know, recession at this time right now is being talked about. And so, there, anyway, and then, we, like I said, coming off of COVID, so there's been like high rates of burnout. And so companies are really like trying to figure out like, okay, we've, we've offered the meditation, we're giving the apps, and yet we're still seeing like high levels of, of burnout happening within our companies. Um, or at least people either, you know, quiet quitting or the great breakup, people leaving. So uh, what do you know, what, what can we do to really solve this? And so this is where I think that missing piece is like, so the six, like six to nine months, I've really been focusing on speaking to as many leaders as I can within some of these companies to talk about the actual, like the nervous system piece, like we've been talking about mm -hmm. and really working on this aspect of sustainable leadership, um, you know, as opposed to the kind of hierarchical leadership that we've, you know, been more accustomed to in the corporate world, for example. Mm -hmm. And, and so sustainable leadership is essentially is our world will like we need leaders who possess the ability to create the physical conditions in which a sustainable future can flourish and in order for sustainable leadership to even happen the leader themselves has to be able to have that stress resiliency that ability uh to effectively communicate with with others their team you know to collaborate we need more collaborations we need more solutions and all of that's going to come more empathy All of that is going to come though, or it's going to increase when our nervous systems are no longer chronically in these high stress responses. So if we're chronically stressed, empathy is going to drop. If we're chronically stressed, we're not going to be able to think as critically. We're not going to be able to plan, like I mentioned, for the future as much. We're not going to be able to be as open to those collaborations. Mm -hmm. So this has really been my focus. Like, okay, this is where you want to go as a corporation or just as within your leaders then this nervous system piece has to be addressed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I think that I read in the article, and I do know we talked about this before, but I do want to mention it again today, is mm -hmm. also 
how when you are in that hyper aroused state all the time how that energy also affects the people around you mm-hmm. um you know i hear this all the time i just had a conversation with a good friend of mine her boyfriend works for a tech company in the bay area and he's very stressed and burned out and you know she it's kind of funny they she said they're working in this you know kind of co-working space at the moment because they have a cabin up in tahoe and she can listen to the calls now that he has with mm. with his managers and with his clients and you know she said it's really interesting to hear as well like how much the managers and the leaders are pushing to do even to get even more work done and to do even more and you know that kind of makes me think of what we're just talking about right about when these people when we are when you and I are in this hyper aroused state how we are also affecting other people and I I'm very aware of it I I'm I would still (laughs) say I'm not perfect at it with my own team right I'm sometimes also stressed and in hyper aroused state um, when I'm trying to get things done and I I can tell how then I'm pushing that stress a little bit onto the people that I work with, right? Because I'm trying to get things done. And sometimes I have people that, that help me with these things. But I think the awareness alone of being like, okay, I know that I'm in this state right now. And to even just communicate that sometimes, right? And to be like, I'm aware, like X, Y, Z is going on, or, you know, this is like a very stressful time. But I think even just the sheer acknowledgement of, you know, bringing up these specific topics is, is so critical and so important to be seen as an empathetic leader or as a as a leader that can manage these high stress situations in a in a really smart um, way. Yeah, I love that you said that, and it's so true because a lot of the leaders I work with, they're under a lot of pressure and stress, and so when you're under that like amount of pressure and stress to deliver and to constantly be you know, on, you know, making more profits for the company or, you know, there's just, there's this push energy all the time. And so we need push energy. So we're not saying, okay, don't, don't have that push energy, but we, again, we want to time it. And like you said, that it's about timing though. Mm-hmm. And I also love how you mentioned how our nervous systems, yeah, do affect one another because they do. Mm-hmm. And this is what I see. Like, that's why I like really love working with managers and people and people in positions of leadership, because when I work with the leader, the ripple effect of that, then like when their nervous system begins to understand how to do increase its resiliency to all the stress, because we're not reducing the stress. It's actually, we're, we're not, <laughs> the stress yeah. is still there. We're actually just yeah. increasing the resiliency within their system for the stress and to know how to appropriately respond to the stress so that then that stress, like you said, doesn't then like ripple out into everyone that's kind of around them. And then, you know, and then they, and then their teams taking it home to their family, it just like becomes this whole thing. And so I love seeing the ripple effect of this because I'm actually seeing that the clients I work with, like, you know, team retention levels increasing because now their system is shifted. So how they're communicating and how they're addressing mm-hmm. issues, uh, how they're even just showing up to me, you don't have to say anything, just how they're just even showing up mm-hmm. is having a ripple effect on the people around them and they're feeling more stabilized. So when you are more stabilized as a leader, those around you are going to feel more stabilized. And we have a lot of uncertainty at the moment. I, I just, it just, it just, it, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. And uncertainty breeds a lot of stress for people. So the way if you want to really like kind of bring down some of that for individuals as a leader, you really need to have that stabilization within your own nervous system. Cause that's going to be felt. It's not even, even sometimes even so much what you say, it's, it's going mm-hmm. to be just how you present yourself with a lot of, um, 
nonverbal cues, you know, that, that come into it. And, that, and that's the thing. And that's why I work with my clients. They start to see that. They're like, well, I didn't even really have to say anything, but I felt my team like, because I was taking fuller breaths. My system yeah. was not so tense that they started taking fuller breaths. And I didn't, you know, didn't even realize like that was, that was happening. It's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. So once, you know, we already talked a little bit about that a method of you know having these kind of mm. small small things available to you in the moment right when you are yes. in a super um stressed day and you're you're having a lot of things going on you have these things really um readily available to you wherever you go right because mm -hmm. you just need your own body to do that yeah. so once those leaders are done with their workday which let's be honest they're not really ever really done with their workday yeah. but we obviously encourage them to to take these breaks is there anything else that um beyond obviously kind of those little one or two minute breaks during the day um that they can take what else do you recommend those leaders to start integrating into their day-to-day -day in order to to shift more and more into that mindset and into that nervous state yeah that's a great question so you're right most people don't turn off at five o'clock the it just keeps going mm -hmm. <laughs> same with going on vacation for, for a lot of my clients they don't really on vacation sometimes even vacation can actually bring up more stress so it, it kind of goes in stages julia so i'll just say at the beginning when you're, if you're really noticing you tend to be someone that has a lot of racing thoughts there's a lot of urgency um, you're just kind of going, going, even when you're sitting at, on the couch at home, you're not quote, quote unquote, doing anything, but your mind is just going, you can't turn off essentially. Um, first of all, that makes sense from a nervous system perspective. And what you want to do is gradually increase your tolerance, so to speak, to slowing down and breaks. Mm -hmm. So that's where the work in between, like we talked about during the day is so helpful. So that by the time five o'clock comes around, your, your system starts to become more accustomed to be able to actually turn off essentially, or move away from all the, the doing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you, as you're working, that's why I love to do it. Like I said, like, not just at the beginning of the day, do this one thing or at the end of the day, like where it's kind of like the, the, it's bookended. It's like, this is throughout your entire day where your system is getting cues of like micro breaks. So for these individuals, you actually need more micro breaking. And I've noticed it's interesting because for a lot of these individuals, they tend to go more extreme. It's like they go, go, go. And then it's like full stop, mm -hmm. but we actually need more breaks in between. So that is where these exercises come in. So I would say continue doing them when you get home a little bit. So it's not just like, oh, end of the day. Now I can just like, you know, try to like chill out on my couch. Or maybe I'd try to do some meditation. If that's helpful for you, of course, like, again, each individual is going to be different. Um, but maybe for other people, it's going to be needing to actually um, do something versus trying to just sit still again and like try to relax. If you're finding that you're struggling with that, like to pay attention to like your kid or you know, you're mm -hmm. trying to make dinner and you're like, all, all this is going on. That's a cue for you to like begin maybe doing some of those exercises like I mentioned mm -hmm. um, and or maybe even just um going outside for two minutes and like walking around your like again moving mobilize do something versus trying to like you know just stay calm and like still does that make sense yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. and I it's interesting you say that I feel like maybe unconsciously that's something that I've been doing for example as well mm -hmm. right like in terms of you know I end my work day and I usually always try to go outside or do something active afterwards because yes. yeah 
you know, I'm already sitting in my home office all day long in my house. So, you know, I do want to have kind of a scenic change at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I am still in that mobilizing energy. I think we can all relate to the fact that, you know, we are sitting in front of the computer all day long and we're jumping mm -hmm. from tab and from meeting and from email and from task to task. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we try to bring a stop to that. I think that's also why why it's so hard to to, yes. to, to stop in the first place. And I, I recognize that so much. And I'm sure for you, for those of you that are listening, it's the same thing, right? You you run through the day and then at, towards the end of the day when you are seeing it's maybe five or six o'clock and, you know, subconsciously, you know, okay, I do want to finish at five or six o'clock, but I'm having such a hard time to stop. Yeah. That's that yes. mobilizing energy. And that's something yeah. that, that I recognize in myself a lot. And so it's really that forcing mechanism. I, I'm literally like in my head, like, you know, I have to force myself to shut um, the the computer off and then it helps me to, to move. So I'm going outside, even if it's just a walk um, with my dog, you know, not, not like exercising in the sense of like going to the mm. gym or doing something more active than that. But yeah. that really helps me then to slowly disconnect um and to kind of bring that energy down i love that yeah that's so good another thing too mm -hmm. i suggest for my clients too when they've come let's say let's say you're working from home like you said and you've been at your desk all day uh ideally you're hopefully making taking some little mini breaks this is what i have my clients do like stand up for a minute or two in between like every couple hours but let, it's the end of the day now and then you're like you said you're trying to let tapes i want to unwind from work so even if you can't, you don't want to go outside, another thing you could do is actually just complete something else in your home. So I, what I have my clients sometimes do too, is like, go and, you know, load, like, it's not always fun, I know, but like, you know, maybe load your dishwasher or go, um, you know, yeah. maybe clean something on your, like, again, mobilize, do versus like, just try to sit on the couch and like, you know, watch your favorite show, which again, if that's where you can go and that's what feels the best for you maybe in that moment fine i'm not demonizing those two options sure. but for yeah. most people that's not going to be the, the process yeah and you have all these mental open tabs there too that you're like trying to like close down and they will start to close a little bit more if you're doing something that almost disconnects you from the screen right yes yeah. exactly disconnect you from the screen you're doing or you go out or play, like you know sometimes, sometimes i'll have my clients too like they'll go play like they'll go and like plays another great energy because you're used that's mobilizing energy but it's more mobilizing using more of the ventral vagal state which we talked about in the last uh, podcast yep. episode which is our home state so mm -hmm. you can still use that mobilizing energy in a way where um this but brings more of a sense of play so maybe you go outside and you play a, you know a game with one of your kids or uh, you, you know, you go shoot some hoops or maybe you, yeah. uh, you know, you, I don't know, so, something that brings a sense of, of play and well, again, using that mobilizing energy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's more productive for sure. Yes. And yeah. And I think just to add to that as well, um, from just my own experience and my own life. Yeah. I think like one of the things, but as you're saying, like, if you would just sit on the couch, I feel like, you know, then you take your phone and we, we all, again, we all know this, right. Then we are on social media or we are mm -hmm. still looking for other things. Right. And we're still kind of connected to that kind of an energy. So if you're really, if you want to be mindful about bringing it down, like I, it is a forcing mechanism. Like I do, yeah even after four years of doing this work now, right, I, I'm still forcing myself for these breaks because I am obviously during the day in this hyper-mobilized state mm -hmm. um, and in this high energy and I need to bring it down. Like even, you know, as we were just talking, just to share this as well, 
you know, I was doing a lot of couple of different tasks before we jumped on the podcast interview today. And even just sitting here and just focusing on you, I can feel internally that it almost brings me into this anxious state because I was so so active and so energized before that now focusing on one thing and one person. And obviously I don't want to jump from tap to tap, which is something maybe mm -hmm. that we tend to do when we are in a meeting, right? We still kind of yeah. have that movement is, is challenging, but to just recognize that and to know, oh, this is why this is happening. And um, it's okay that I feel this way, but not to act on this energy in the moment is is okay as long as you are mindful that that energy is there and you're still gonna, you know, use it in a active way later in the day yeah you can still discharge it another one i'll give you another really brief exercise too julia based on what you just mentioned i think will be helpful too so if you're you're noticing what she just described around like maybe you're getting now on a call with someone but you were just doing a bunch of other things and now you're like trying to focus like you said on this one person the brain is a little bit like confused right at the moment mm -hmm. uh, and trying to like slow it all the way down so one way right even as you're meeting with the person like you're just starting the meeting uh, what you can do is you can stack one foot on top of the other mm -hmm. so right or left doesn't matter and then mm -hmm. one foot the foot on top is going to press down the foot below and the foot below is going to press up on the foot that's on top so they're going to resist each other and you want to do this for about seven seconds mm. and then you're going to release it and you're going to do that for again maybe roughly about a minute mm -hmm. because you again you want to kind of discharge some of that energy and also it's helping you to focus on one area of your body but that's doing something uh and versus like you said like trying to like sit still and just focus in on this one person like so it's yeah. a way to kind of get in on get a little bit into your body but without being too overwhelming you're doing something you're feeling the muscles getting engaged because there's a resistance the muscles are engaging with one another so a lot of my clients do that and they notice like it helps mm -hmm. them to kind of like begin that, that that process of beginning to quote unquote focus a little bit more because it's it, the, the issue there is like when we're jumping from thing to thing is like and our brains aren't really designed for that number also. It's like not always the best, but we do it. It's okay. Um, and you're like, you say, you're noticing some of that mobile, like higher mobilization energy, the prefrontal cortex, maybe not as online. So things are harder to kind of zone in and focus like that. So what do we do with that energy? We discharge it just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And most people okay. notice a shift. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying <laughs> that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll definitely use those practices because I can, I, you know, I think I'm obviously a, a very aware person when it comes to things like that so i i sometimes know that it's there but i don't really know what to do with it right so those yeah. little practices are super powerful um as we just started 2023 we're on january 2nd today um do you set new year's resolutions for yourself um, it's not so much a resolution. I have goals. Uh, I love goals. Um, so definitely some of the goals that I set for this year are to, you know, increase my, um, you know, get, getting into more working with more leaders. Like that is definitely the goal because mm -hmm. I'm just seeing so many people, uh, you know, struggling with burnout. And, and again, like with all the uncertainty that we're, we're currently, you know, going through right now, I just like, the goal is like this, get as much of this nervous system work out there as I can to as many leaders as I can for sure. Um, because it had just has such a lasting effect then on the company as a whole profit, mm -hmm. sustainability, client, a team retention, like everything, it affects everything. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely another goal this year is to, right. to do more of that, more leadership trainings. Uh, so like, you know, workshops, but also 
of course, more one-on-one work. I'm also developing a program right now to have a goal for a lot of people are also leaving corporate. This is just a little thing I'll add here. So, it, you know, it, and that's okay. Some people are, cause they're done. They, especially women, there's a lot of high-performing women that are very, uh, what they call the great breakup. They're, they're just kind of done with not having a lot of flexibility with the job. So a lot of them want to maybe looking into becoming either, you know, contractors and, or, um, entrepreneurs themselves, like open up their own business, which I know you did too, Julia, where you left and started your own thing. And that's amazing. I think it's amazing that, that we kind of want to take charge of our destiny a little bit more and like, you know, be able to maybe make more money and have more flexibility in our time. And at the same time coming from corporate, and if you're coming from more burnout already, most likely you are, because that's why you're leaving, mm-hmm. um, you know, going into starting your own business, you know, you're going to need quite a bit of uh, nervous system resilience. 100%. <laughs> yeah, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, because I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. So there are a lot of these individuals that I'm seeing these women that are talking about, or even ones I'm working with currently who left, um, a lot of the same patterns are coming up again in their, in their businesses. Right. And yeah. so it's not, it wasn't so much the job. It was also the state of their system. And so we change the state of the system and that, you know, we're going to see less burnout and, and entrepreneurship is a whole nother level of, of uh, dysregulation, so to speak, that can happen because of all the novelty and unpredictability that's involved. And it's not quite as formulaic like it was in corporate. So anyway, so I'm developing a program. One of my goals this oh, year cool. is to develop a program for all these women that are leaving mm-hmm. uh, corporate um, and, and developing a kind of group, small group program for those individuals to really prepare them for prepare their nervous system and their brain for entrepreneurship um, so they don't continue the burnout cycle Mm, that's amazing I love that cool (laughs) and uh and a goal for yourself besides like the business goals ah yeah a goal for myself (laughs) yeah it would definitely be oh I want to well yeah I didn't get to travel a lot this last year I was so focused just being local which was great I I love my local connections and doing local things but I'm really want to itching to to travel again so definitely the goal this year is to um get back to to Europe and do some more traveling there see Italy I've never been there been to Spain and I've been to uh well one part of France and Switzerland and Holland but I haven't haven't been to Italy yet so that's on the list (laughs) one of my goals too yeah and I, I think just also um I think another goal of mine is, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Also more in-person connections mm-hmm. and, and things as well for me personally. Cause I also, cause I, a lot of my work is remote. Um, but I, I definitely want to add that in there is having more, um, in-person connections with people, not just for my business, but also personally as well. Yeah. Love that. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if people are curious to work with you or learn more about you, how can they best find you? So they can best find me in two places one is my linkedin um which you know i think you can link below and you can find me there and then also on my website which is lauralisalarios.com perfect awesome yeah i'll connect that i think i have still an old website from you so i'll make sure to update mm. that um, and i'll add the linkedin as well for the future so yeah thank you so much um, for sharing all of these amazing really interesting insights with us today and for you listener if you have been listening to this podcast episode and you found the information that we shared today really helpful and insightful make sure that you're sharing this episode with somebody that you know can relate to these insights and um, find 
can find use of these insights as well um, because that's a really simple way of how you can not only influence your own life but then also influence others um, so thank you so much already in advance for doing that and i'm really excited to obviously hear you in one of the next podcast episodes as well so until then thank you so much again laura for being here today and i hope that we'll maybe in six to nine months or in a year from now talk to you again about another really um cool topic about how to sustain performance thank you so much for having me